Walk in Greater Faith. You're listening to Releasing God to Become What He Already Is, a special message from guest speaker, Brother Greg Godwin. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. I'm feeling so much, but let's turn to the book of James chapter 2. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures so you don't have to stand unless you just want to, and that's fine. Read James 2 and verse 14 down through verse 26. <clears throat> what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What, what's it profit? Even so, faith. Everybody say faith. faith. If it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you thy faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, and dost well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils believe there is... The devils believe there is... The devils believe there is... And they believe, and they even tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Ye See then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Everybody say, not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I want to talk to you about this subject here for just a few minutes on releasing God to become what he already is. Come on, turn, tell somebody you got to turn God loose. If you want God to be God, you've got to turn him loose. Amen. The importance of faith then within the matrix of the church cannot be overstated. The Apostle Paul boldly and plainly declares, for without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is God. Amen. Yet here we are in 2024, we live in a jet set, quick fix age that is pushed and pulled through the intellect and the scientific that leans heavily upon its verification and validation. Science prevails as the dictator of all that is reality, substance, and truth. 
All things must be proven before they're believed. But from Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith, faith is chronicled. Fifteen times it is recorded by faith. Would you say by faith? Four times it is recorded through faith. Would you say through faith? One time it says they died in faith. One time it says by faith the elders obtained a good report. 2 Corinthians 4 declares there is a spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says our walk should be a walk of faith. Touch somebody and say, I'm walking by faith. Ephesians 6 and 16 tells us that there is a shield of faith. Amen. Thank God for the shield of faith. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says that there is the trying of our faith. Faith then is a moral and spiritual principle of action whereby spiritual realities are brought within the ambient of human experience. Faith is an affirmation and an act that bids eternal truth be fact. The apostle and pastor James writes last and declares that in living there are times that our faith will be brought into doubt and question. There are times. Life has a way of fogging our vision and blurring the future. So as the pastor and bishop of the church of that day, he attempts to infuse their faith with this letter that he writes. In James 2 and 7, he records, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead because it's alone. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you have faith? Amen. And we are saved by faith through our works. What is our works? We believe in God and therefore we repent. And we are water baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. And then we begin to worship God and he fills us with his spirit evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Touch your neighbor and say, faith. I live by faith. James 2 and 26, it says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So faith can become dead. The word dead here means a corpse. It can become alone, which means down or in opposition. For if it hath no works, no toil, act, deed, or labor, Amen, it's dead. Andrew Murray, an old writer, said, Faith is the spiritual organ or sense which, with which the soul makes contact with and is affected by God. Everybody say, My soul makes contact and is affected by God through my faith. As the sense of seeing or hearing is a doormat, Power, dormant power till light or sound strikes it. So faith is a sense with no power beyond the possibility or capacity of receiving eternal impressions of the Spirit. Does that make, I need to say that again, I can tell, amen. As the sense of seeing or hearing is a dormant power until light or sound hit, light hits our eyes, sound hits our ears. So faith is a sense 
with no power beyond the possibility. Tell somebody I have possibility in my faith. I have capacity to receive. What do you receive? Tell somebody I receive eternal impressions of the spirit. What is going on here in this region? Can I tell you? It's the Spirit of God that's touched the heart of Brother Easterling and your pastor and is saying, this is what I want. I know you see your church, two or 300 people put together, but can I tell you what God is saying? I see hundreds and thousands more. Amen. I see thousands more here. Amen. Amen, some of you, amen, I'm, I know I had just about everybody, but I'm worried about them three or four seasoned people are just. I said, what do you want to do? The best thing they can do right now is fake it. Don't make me call them out. Just say amen. They keep getting quiet. I don't even need no Holy Ghost for that. I can tell you, you are an absolute, well, I started to say jerk, but I didn't. Amen. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, we need to say amen to keep him in his notes. <laughs> it is an empty vessel that wants to be filled with the unseen contents. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The faith gives substance or assurance to the things not seen so that we can act upon the conviction of the reality. I can't see it, but I'm acting like they're already here. What are you saying? I say, you can't see the new building. You can't see the walls knocked out. I know what I'm saying, but I want to know, do you have faith to believe it? Because all we need is for you to believe it. And it will become a reality. That doesn't just go for this church. That goes for Brother Easterlings too. They went through a little remodel program and I hadn't been there in a year and I'm sure it's still boom shakalaka, but look at, I hope they look at each other and say, I hope it's full come Sunday. Amen. Amen. So what are the growth steps of faith? The pediatrics of faith, verse four of chapter 11 said, by faith Abel offered. First step of faith is worshiped. He worshiped. Worship cannot be taught Learn or learn, but is an act based on faith in God. I could. This is my candy king. I could stay here and talk about worship till y'all all got nervous. But just look at somebody and say, "I'm going to worship God, whether I feel anything or not." Tell somebody, my worship is not based on what I feel; it's based on who I'm worshiping, and I'm worshiping the God that is all God by Himself. Amen. I don't have to be singing. I don't have to be up here. I'm talking to praising. Now, you don't have to be up here doing this to praise him. And I don't remember who all was singing, but amen. You don't need to be up here just singing. And then when you get out there, you just become a setter. Piano player, I know you were sweating. We've given you a minute to cool off, but it's time to worship. And he was worshiping. Come on. Main song leader, you need to be worshiping. Why? Because my worship is not based upon my job. It's based upon my faith. I believe God is, and I'm going to praise him. Tell somebody worship. You can be seated. Worship is birthed from a heart of thanksgiving. The second step to spiritual growth is by faith Enoch walked. 
In Genesis, we see that Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. I said he walked with God and was not, for God took him. He walked with him through tests and trials and temptations. He walked with God when he was loved, liked, and when he was hated. He walked with God through valleys, across rivers, and over the mountains. Walked with God when you have and when you have not. He walked with him when he was rich and poor, up and down. He walked with him when he was sick and when he was well. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Sometimes you, you live for God without the feeling. You don't, in fact, you don't want to live for God by feeling. You want to live for God by faith. And there are times that that faith will produce a feeling, but there are times when your faith doesn't produce a feeling, but because you have faith in God and you know that God is, you keep on walking. Turn to somebody and say, we got to keep on walking. You got to keep on stepping. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Then once you've, you know how to worship God, you can graduate into walking with God. And then once you've become a walker for God, Verse 7 of chapter 11, by faith Noah built, Noah learned how to work for God. Can I tell you, this is where most of our churches have problems. We, we have faith to worship and we have faith to walk and things we stop doing and wearing and all that stuff. But most of the time that's where our churches stop. But the third step of faith is by faith Noah built or worked. He prepared an ark. The growing of our faith leads us into the work of God. If you can worship, you can walk. And if you can walk, then you should be able to work for him. Amen. Look at somebody say, I worship God and I walk with God. And now I'm about to work for God. I'm going to work for God. Amen. I'm going to work for God. I talked to the preachers at the table today, and I talked to them about the simplest part about sowing is get you five business cards. Now, I'm just going to say this for this church. And Amen. I'd get, y'all got church cards here? Where are they? In the, oh. it's, no, it's no problem. No. It ain't no problem. I ain't on you. You've been evangelizing trying to keep the bills paid. I'm, I'm going to help you. I mean, he's been running around like a, Jackhammer preaching all over the country, trying to pray people through and keep a check coming. And hallelujah. And the home church here said, we got to handle our business. Tess wanted Home folks say, we got to handle our business. Amen. So the cards are in there. So, okay. I'm sorry. I should have asked you before. When you get them cards out here in the vestibule and wrap them up five at a time. That's one for Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday, one for Thursday, one for Friday. Everybody take them out and hand out one card a day. See, see how many people lose you. Hand them out at the gas station. Hand them out at the grocery store. Hand them out. To, come on. Tell somebody we can do it. You're going to be seated. Lord have mercy. I'm going to get me. That got a little tight. I'm going to let y'all sit on that and I'm going to take a drink. Hallelujah. But that's, that's, that's kind of what this weekend's about. Been here a hundred years. I'm just going to be plain. What's that mean? 
About 100 people for 100 years, that's one person a year. Am I telling the truth? Now I'm talking to you. That's not what the church is about. Just say, well, we've been here a long time. How long have you been? 100 years. How many you got? 100. And you've got the gospel that talks about the only wise God. And that's it. I five somebody say he's preaching to us. Say, say he's preaching to us. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, this ain't no click and no club. Now I'm off my note. Tell somebody he's out here and it's dangerous. Amen. I mean, that, this ain't no. I mean, we ain't doing this just so you can have a mic and you can twiddle around. I'm feeling real comfortable because I feel like digging in on you. I mean, this ain't just, you just tickle by ivory. What about when you walk out in this city? It's getting quiet, so I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I told the preachers today, as I'm telling you now. Here's what most of our Pentecostal churches do. We come to church. Hallelujah. Woo. We have 10 or 15 worship and really sing. The rest of us just sit there and kind of chill. Patty cake. And when we're done, we're done. Get up Monday. Work all day with 5 or 10, 50, 75, 80. I see 100 people at work. Go to the grocery store. See 75, 80 through there walking around. Walk up and down. You ever go to the grocery store and you walk up and down past the person every aisle? They start going one way and you go in there and you just, and you never say hi. Hi. Everybody this guilty? Raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on. Liar, liar, pants and dress on fire. <laughs> You don't talk to nobody. I was in Lake Charles preaching, Brother Ewing, years ago and was in Dillard's there and was walking around. There was this Pentecostal. You could tell the way she dressed, she's Pentecostal. And I could tell because she was rude. And I could tell she was stuck up. And she didn't say nothing to me. About three times passing her, I said to the guy with me, one of them in for church, I said, look, I'll be right back. I'm going to go, I got to say something to her. And before I thought, I turned and walked in. And, and when it dawned on me about 10 steps, I was going right through the lady's underwear. But I didn't care. I just kept walking and she was going up and down. And I finally caught her. And I walked around one and she's pushing her little cart. And her little baby car. Well, oh, excuse me. I said, praise the Lord. How are you? She said, oh, praise the Lord. I'm sorry. I said, I'm Brother Greg Godwin. How are you? Where are you from? I go to so-and-so. I almost said it. He came right there. Yeah. I, did say it there. I mean, they're boom shakalaka people. And I said, well, I passed you and waved at you. You didn't say nothing. And I just wanted to come back in here and say, hey, my name's Greg Godwin. You need to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. You had a tear in my eye. I didn't mean to make you cry. I could tell by being looking at you as Pentecostal, but also I could tell because you was rude. Look at somebody and say, we got quiet. We need to say amen. amen. What's this does it make? Got this region, you just going to work, getting your check, popping it in the bank, going to the grocery store, getting your groceries, going to church, hallelujah, pray to God, you know what to do to get the passport off of you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Am I preaching good or what? I got a whole row here. Ain't saying much. She's shaking her head. I love you. She's like, oh, Lord. Oh, pastor, who'd you get in here? I love you. I'm playing with you. Come on, high five me. Hallelujah. Am I doing good? Amen. I mean, can I tell you, this is one of our greatest evangelists. And God, listen to me, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. All right, great guy. Hallelujah. All right, there you go. Now, when we're talking about Jesus, I need to hear a woo! Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen. But now, you think God pulled him off the field, come down in here and take care of y'all hundred people and just... So you can get a time once every three weeks, come to the pulpit and sit on the preacher's row. And you, you think that that's it? Look at your neighbor and say, why are we here? Man, when I heard he took a church, I said, what? He said, where? I said, where's that? I finally asked him, he said, it's town next to Gene Easterling. I said, What? Called Gene, what in the name of, what? Why is that big time evangelist going down there for? Jesus. That's why you're here, brother. God's got his eye on this church. And he said, I know where there's a man that'll, come on somebody. Can I tell you in your eight month, this is a holy hookup. And God just needs you to turn your faith loose and release it and watch what God's going to do. Come on, lift your hands and give God some praise. Come on, somebody, praise him. You can be seated. Tell somebody by faith Noah worked. Tell somebody by faith Noah worked. If this church will move into its work now. If you'll take those five business cards and hand one out a day somewhere. Leave it on a gas pump. Leave it to the... Leave it to the woman at the cash register. How many of you go out to eat? Every week, at least once a week. Come on, raise your hand. Eat. McDonald's, Wendy's, some little restaurant. I mean, you have to sign your card. And when you sign your card, just take, leave it. Them. Now, they may never come. But when you move into the dimension of sowing. Now, listen to me. I'm off my nose, but listen. You, if you sow sparingly or a little bit, then you're going to reap a little bit. But if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. But now watch. If you don't sow, if you don't sow, you don't reap. I'm telling this church now, amen, at a very minimum, everybody in here ought to start handing out cards every week. Y'all ain't saying amen. I got you. If you'll hand them out every week, there'll be first-time guests in here every week. Somebody will be getting the Holy Ghost every week, and this church will grow and grow and grow. May shout amen. Amen. So by faith, Noah worked. That ark, 
did not get built just because he walked out into the woods. He had to cut down the trees and trim the twigs off of it. And had to cut the boards down so he could slap. And I mean, the, the dimensions are mind-blowing. He did that back in, somewhere way back in the B.C.s. He didn't have a big fancy stall, saw. Everybody say Noah worked. And when he worked, it ended up helping him to be saved. Noah get in the ark. He and his wife and kids got in the ark and their, their husbands or wives. And then the door shut. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. When you are tried and tested, it's then that you give offerings, you worship. Your time, you give of your time, your talent and your treasure. I'm trying to help you. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, we bless the future and the children of the church. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed the sons of Joseph and he worshiped. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused Egyptian identity to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, I will not be called. There has to come a walk a moment in your walk with God where you face up and say, that's it. I will not be called a child of Egypt or a child of this world. Amen. We have to grow in fullness and measure and stature to Christ. And I understand that. Amen. And your pastor understands that. But can I tell you, everybody comes to a point at some time where the Holy Ghost says, okay, What's it going to be? Moses, you're a Jew. And I've raised you in Pharaoh's house. You know all the business. But now you've got to decide. Are you Egyptian or are you Hebrew? Tell somebody the decision is ours. At some point we in our growing from fullness to measure into the stature of Christ. We have to make a decision. I'm not just a church member. I'm not just a person that warms up the chair. But number one, by the new birth, I have been made a member of his body. A member here is a limb or a part. Can I say to you that when you got the Holy Ghost, was, everybody that's got the Holy Ghost who was baptized in Jesus' name, lift your hands, come on. Can I tell you when that happened, you were raised from deadness. We were walking dead people in the world, in the cosmos, which is a present world system. But when the gospel came, God came directly. God didn't come walking beside you and get friends with you. God comes directly, wham, and says, hey, wake up. You come to church. Someone hands you a flyer and you feel something. Someone talks to you at work and you, oh, I feel something. What is it? God steps in and says, hey, wait a minute. Do you want to live? And you say, yes, you repent. You're baptized in Jesus' name because repentance is a death. So we bury you. And when you come up out of the water and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's resurrection. Now you'll rise to walk. Everybody say, in newness of life. So as anybody does, a baby's a baby. But as that baby eats and grows, what are we eating? We're eating the Word, being fed on the Spirit. And as we grow... Look at somebody say, at some point, I got to put away childish things. 
I'm saying things now I had never said as an evangelist. I'm talking to this church. I'm not in my notes. I'm talking to you. God is calling on this church to step up. Tell somebody say, we got to step up. Why? Because we're moving into fullness now. Come on, tell somebody, I'm moving into fullness. Tell somebody, you might as well look now, but I ain't going to stay this way because I'm moving up. I'm going to step up. I'm stepping up into fullness. Come on, tell somebody, I'm stepping up into fullness. Why? There's going to be greater miracles. There's going to be greater outpouring. You're going to have a greater walk with God. You're going to understand more. You're going to learn more. And you're going to do more. Why? Because you're walking in fullness. Tell somebody I'm walking in fullness. Tell somebody else, let's walk in fullness. And in verse 27, Moses made the choice. He forsook Egypt said, I'm walking out. Faith in his growing, living, breathing. Faith without works, he said, is dead. Without works, here's an act, a deed, a toil, a labor. Works is the life source of faith. You can say you believe all day long, but if you don't have works, if you don't have life source for your faith, your faith is a corpse. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Someone's faith is like a corpse, lifeless, no movement. But can I tell you today, God wants to resurrect someone's faith. He wants to raise it up. He wants to lift it to believe the future is brighter, broader, and bigger than anything. Can I tell you, there are backsliders out of this church and Brother Easterling's church that God says, I want you to talk to them. And when you talk to them, it's going to be like doing mouth to mouth. Come on, somebody. You're going to be breathing air into them. Why? Because they need to believe their future is brighter and broader and bigger than they are living in right now. God's trying to provoke your faith to action. God wants to give CPR to your faith. He wants you to have a holy hookup. Tell somebody we need a holy hookup this weekend. You say, that's why I'm jumping and twitching and running the aisles. Why? Because I feel life coming back. Active faith releases God to be God. God works by and through our faith. Action, deeds, and toils, and labor. John chapter 11, Lazarus is dead, but when the people rolled the stone away. Why did Lazarus die? Because God stayed back three days. He could have been there and healed him. He said, nope, this is, we're going to let him go. His disciples, when he finally said, let's go, they said, well, you, I mean, he's dead now. But he's dead. Jesus looked at him and said, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad. That's the exact words in the Bible. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Why? Some things happen. Tell somebody, some things happen for our sake. It got worse than you ever believed. It got deader than you ever believed. It got tougher than you ever believed. Why? God could have saved you. He could have healed you. He could have patched it up, but he stayed away. Why? Until it looked like you were dead and there was no hope. And then he came and spoke a word. That's why you're feeling greater church than you felt in a long time. Because when pastor came in here, he started preaching a word. And where there is word, there is life. Tell somebody where there's a word from God, there is life from God. And Lazarus comes forth. 
for him to come out of the grave. He said, Mary, I want you to push the stone away. Mary was a worshiper. Martha served. And Lazarus sat. Say it again. Mary worshiped. Martha served. Lazarus sat. The setter got sick. And he died from his setting. Martha was served. They'd come to the house. Jesus would be sitting there and kick his sandals off trying to chill a little bit. And Mary, she'd forget about eating. She'd sit down, sit down at Jesus' feet and said, tell me what you've been doing. Jesus said, oh, we just doing what I always do. Well, tell me. Well, you know, we just helping a few people here and there. And she just kept on, kept on to find. He laid that lazy boy down, leaned over. He said, Mary, let me tell you something. I walked into town the other day. And they were walking out of town, a crowd of people, and they had a dead man in a casket. And they were walking in, and I was walking out, and I was walking in. And said, all of a sudden, that casket bumped me. I said, set the casket down. They lowered the casket. I pulled the veil back, and I said, rise. And I said, Mary said, what happened? She said, Mary, that dead man got up. Tears started running down her face. She said, Mary, do you listen to me? It don't matter how bad things get in your life. As long as you've got me, I can help you. I mean, he had filled her with all kinds of stories like that. Now, Martha was a server. She'd be in there while he was, she was sitting there, you know, listening to Jesus tell these stories. She'd come walk by. <coughs> Mary. Mary's locked in on Jesus. She ain't paying no attention. She's dropping ice and glasses and setting plates out there and bringing food and setting it out and getting the plate. And Martha's working. Look at somebody. He said, we got to have church workers. They'll say, we got to have people that serve. But our servers have got to understand when the moment for worship comes. You've got to stop your serving. Serving is correct. Working. Cleaning the church. Doing the windows. Singing, doing praise singing and whatever it is you do. But you have to have enough sense to know when it's time to worship. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It don't matter. It might mess up your suit. You look all preachy and stuff, but can you worship him? Well, I'm going to serve. Well, that's good, but it's time for church now. Can you serve? Can you worship? Martha couldn't. So now fast forward when, when Jesus, when Lazarus dies. Jesus finally said, Lazarus is dead. Let's go. I'm going to wake him up. They start walking. They get right on the, out to the city limits. And Martha's out there. She said, let me tell you something. If you'd have been here, my brother would never die. I mean, I told you, I mean, I'm telling you something. All that food I cooked, all them, I'm telling you right now, I'm just thinking out loud. He probably didn't eat this, but just in my mind. All them pork chops and that rice and them, man, them biscuits I made you and that fresh iced tea. And I'm telling you what, my brother got chicken I sent for you and you didn't come. I don't understand. And he's talking and she just keeps rattling her gums. Finally, he says to the server, go get Mary. And, and watch, the service lady only got God to the outside the city limits he sent for the worshiper now notice the server was by herself but when he got married y'all come in y'all ready to help me 
when he got married, everybody do what I say. When she got married, when they called me, she, she came in and said, Mary, Jesus is outside of town. I told him he should have been here. I can't believe he didn't come. What do he want? He wants you to come see him. When Mary got up, everybody in the house got up with her. Now, you can be seen. Now, hear what I'm telling you. You can serve God all day long, but ain't nobody going to follow you. But if you will be a worshiper, Now, you can be a server and a worshiper, fine. But if all you do serve and you don't worship, ain't nobody going to follow you. But if you will worship him, when it's time to worship him. Oh, look at somebody say the crowds with the worshiper. So you can be seated. I'm trying to hurry. It's 751. Okay. I'm, I got y'all. Y'all are sitting. Let's tell somebody, say, well, at least we're not standing. Hallelujah. Mary comes up out there and she starts talking to him. Hey, Jesus, if you'd have been there. Well, I'm Mary, I'm here now. I know. And it moved, you can tell, it was almost the same word for word what Martha said. But we can tell the spirit of Mary was different because it made Jesus weep. Right. The Bible says, and Jesus wept. Can I tell you your dilemma, your situation, your circumstance? It moves God. I mean, Jesus wept over Mary. Jesus said, Mary, take me where you laid him. She said, okay, come on. She gets Jesus by the hand. And the crowd's following the worshiper who's got hold of Jesus, who's taking him to the dead man. And when they finally get to the area where the grave is, Mary's standing there and she says, be Jesus. He said, Jesus, right there where that rock is, that's where he's at. You'd have thought Jesus would have said, He shy shot the pick of a hole and shot a ray and blew the rock up. But the Bible says he looked at Mary and said, Roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. Me? I'm female. He had a lot of muscles. And so Mary, being the worshiper, she got a bunch of the people out of the crowd that followed her. I said, come on, let's roll this stone away. And they all leaned their shoulder up on that stone. And they started pushing. I don't know how long they worked it. But they pushed and they pushed. They... And it rolled away, fell on the ground. I said, Whoo, there it is. Sometimes your worship. Sometimes your worship, well, if I had time, I'd, ooh, your worship, sometimes your worship is going to require some muscle out of you. It's going to, it's not going to be just clappity clap or praise the Lord or hallelujah. 
I'm, I'm going to go to the seven words of, of worship in the Bible. I'm going to go to the seventh word, which is ruah, R-U-W-A. It means to shout as if to call something to break. There's a moment in your praise. You just, Israel, they walked around the walls of Jericho for six days, one time a day. Two and a half million, but at least 630,000 men. There's pretty two and a half million. Not sure if it was just the city or just the men, but we'll say 600,000 men marching around the city one time a day and they're not saying a word. All those folks in Jericho could hear was He was over day two. Day three, they didn't say nothing. People up in that city. Crazy people are still marching. My God. They're not saying, they're not saying anything. And they were locked up in the city because they knew God had their number. They knew a bad day was coming. Fourth day. Fifth day. Sixth day. Man, I mean, they got everybody had news cameras up there. They taking notes, papers in downtown Jericho. I mean, they just burning up, man. These people, I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. I ain't ever seen nothing like this. What are these people doing? Seventh day, they came back. Oh, my God, they're going again. What? They're going the third time. What? Four, five, six. Seven, and as they make that seventh trip, they ain't, them, them folks in Jericho ain't got no idea. Them walls was thick enough, they could race chariots around the top of it. Some stones were 12 feet in diameter. When they came around that seventh time, God told them, when you get around the seventh time, you trumpet players, I want you to blow your trumpet. And I want all 600,000 of you, or two million, however many it was, all I want you to do is go from zero to seven. Go from silence to ruah at the sound of a trumpet. What's, what's ruah? Yeah! That, that's what they shouted. Now it's crazy, I understand, but there, there's a time when you'll praise. I mean, they were just marching around. And all of a sudden, just 670,000 of them. Yeah! And I stopped and smoked. <laughs> walls had fallen flat. The ground had opened up. And the walls of Jericho had failed. Didn't all fall down. The Bible said they fell flat. And they went in. And took everything they had, the money. Ooh, it, they was boom, give me some pound, baby. They was boom, shaka locking, but they was getting clothes and shoes and money and jewels. And they came in poor, they came out rich. Boom. Tell somebody you need to live for God. Hallelujah. Yeah. I said all that to say. That's why he had Mary, a worshiper, leading that crowd. Rolling that stone away. And when she got it away, Jesus walked up, looked into the depth, darkness of that cave, and said, Lazarus, 
forth. And he backed up. And suddenly inside that tomb was a dead man wrapped in grave clothes. And his spirit came back into him. And the Bible said he comes walking up out of that grave. In his grave clothes. And then Jesus, watch me now. I'm going to stop with this. I got three more pages, but I'm going to stop with this. There's Mary, her friends. They took Jesus to the grave. They rolled the stone away. Jesus spoke the word, Lazarus lives. Now he's out, but he's in grave clothes. And Jesus looks at Mary and the people and says, Loose him and let him go. Can I tell you, there may be some in here tonight. You've got the Holy Ghost prayed through, but you, you got things from your past still on you. And you don't want it, but you can't get it off of you. I mean, it's one, one thing to be alive. I mean, I mean, like he was, was better than being dead. I mean, you walk like this. You live three or four more days because you can't eat with your mouth all closed up and God's not interested in saving people, getting them out of their spiritual deadness of sin and leaving you wrapped in the grave clothes that sin has you in. God, can I tell you, we're so glad everybody in here's got the Holy Ghost. We're so happy, but we want to make sure you're loosed and free. Come on, tell somebody, I want to be loose. Tell somebody, I want to be free. Why? Because then I can minister. Then, come on, somebody. Now, Lazarus may have lived in his grave clothes, but, but how long was he going to live? He was covered up, hands and foot, couldn't walk, just shimmying along, couldn't get nothing in his mouth. How long is somebody going to live if they just get saved and that's it I mean Lazarus may have lived a week maybe eight nine days maybe and he'd have been dead There's no God doesn't want all of us to have the Holy Ghost and be born again of water and spirit baptized in Jesus name and be here for four five six eight months a year year and a half and then go right back to it Start living like a dead person again? What's God wanting to do? Here's what God's saying. I've got life in you. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a representative of Jesus Christ in your pastor here. And he's speaking life. He's speaking. Everybody say my pastor's speaking the word. Tell him he's speaking the written word. And when he speaks the written word, it becomes life activated. And if you'll stay connected with your pastor, he's not only going to raise people from the deadness of their sin, but he's also going to loose you from your grave clothes. I mean, they started unwinding Lazarus and they unwound him and unwound him. I don't know how much they had there, but when they unwound him, they put his clothes back on him and all we know is Lazarus continued living a good life. What are you saying? If I'll come forth the dead, if I'll be born again, I'll live. But then I must be loosed. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. I told you I was going to quit. 
Grab somebody's hand. Grab somebody's hand now. This is our first night. We've got to release God in this region. That's why in my 33 years, my 40 some years, maybe it's been five times I've had churches come together in all my years, but my evangelized been two or three times. Why here? Why? Because number one, you've got an elder in Brother Easterling who loves God and loves these people. And he loves you and loves this church. He's talked to me about this church. I didn't, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember now he telling me he was here. We've never even come looked at it all these years. And then God just, he could have took any evangelist, but he took a boom shock, a lock of evangelists. I'm like, now, Lord, what do you know? I mean, this dude preached, prayed people through from Dan to Beersheba, California. What? what? You took him to where? Why did God bring this man down here and his wife? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just stay with me, fellas. Just stay with me. Why did he bring him down here? He could have got any old preacher. Man, could have got one from the sticks. No way to come up there and talk. We'd stand for him with lettuce. We'd, we'd beat all the other church people to be eating places. We'd... We'd been just fine. But this city would be going to hell. Why did God bring this great man to this little town? I'm going to tell you. Because God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll my sleeve up. I'm going to make bare my holy arm. And when God makes bare his holy arm, I'm saying to this church, I thank you for receiving the man of God, but I'm going to warn somebody or one person that maybe will not. I'm going to warn you in the fear of God. If you're not going to support this man, I'm going to say this, and I hope you're okay. But whoever it is, if they're not going to support you, it would be better they leave today and never come back. Because I'm telling you now, if you come in and fight against this man, you've got God on in and behind this man, and you are in trouble. Because when God called this man to come to this city, he rolled up his sleeve and made bare his holy arm. I don't think I have to clarify nothing Brother Easterling's church. But I'm telling you, this man of God has been in the will of God for 21 years in this area. This man carries a prophet's mantle in this whole region. And as soon as he got the call, he said, absolutely, let's hook up. Now you can be thankful he's here. Because if he wasn't here, you'd have one blank of a time if you didn't have this apostolic man here with an apostolic covering over this whole area. And God brought this apostolic man in here. Why? For a holy hookup.
Come on, somebody. In fact, here's what I want to do. Pastors, I want both of y'all to come. Y'all would come, come up here. On this platform. Come right up here and stand right here, both of you. Sorry. Amen. You'll never, you'll, ne- you'll, ne- you'll never forget it. Stand right out there at the front. In the Holy Ghost, I'm asking every person that's in this building and you represent all of the members from your church, all the members from your church, if you are accepting of this, I'm asking all of you to come out of your seats and get as close to these two men as you can get. Get right up in here close. Come on, come on, come on. Get in here close. Get right in here close. Come on in close. Come on in close. Come on in close. Come on in close. Put your hands on the person in front of you and their shoulders. Put your hands on their shoulders in front of you. Holy connection. Play lightly. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on. God, we're for what you're about to unleash on this southern and northern part of Kentucky and Ohio. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.